Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Tomorrow night on God's divine calendar, uh, we're celebrating a holiday. It's a seven-day holiday of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, most of us, not everyone, but most of us growing up, we learn more about Valentine's Day or Halloween than we did about Sukkot. What, what is Sukkot? What is Feast of... Why do we even care? Because it's in the Bible. <laughs> Who cares about the Bible today? Amen. And so, uh, as we go through... God's calendar year, and we identify these biblical holidays, uh, there's blessing, there's revelation, there's wisdom that comes and it shows us, God wants to show us how to get the victory in every area of life. And over the past 40 days, we've been uh, learning about uh, various things on God's calendar. We've learned about the month of Elul and the sounding of the shofar, the call to Teshuvah, the call to return. And uh, we've learned about the ten days of awe, the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And now we've come to the seventh and final major feast of the Lord, the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. And uh, in Jewish uh, history and wisdom, this is considered the greatest uh, of all of the feasts of the Lord. Uh, and it's because, for, well, for many reasons, but uh, one reason is it's uh, the seventh feast. And uh, how many of you know number seven is God's divine number? Amen. It's God's uh, perfect number, and it means completion and fulfillment. And so God is wanting to complete something in our lives. There's still a blessing out there for you that God wants to complete and fulfill, and it's meant to manifest during this season and appointed time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And so that's why uh, in ancient wisdom, uh, it's also called the festival of joy. Because God wants to complete and fulfill in our lives the joy of the Lord. How many of you know today it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength? And so uh, uh, we've been... Uh, for 40 days. Hey, Brother Steve, I went ahead and pressed play, so hopefully it's rocking and rolling there. You can uh, double check. He gives me the thumbs up. Praise God. So for 40 days, we've been blowing the shofar. We've been returning to God through Teshuvah. How many of you were here last week when we received the apples and honey? Or two weeks ago now it's been, I guess. And uh, God is ready to give you and I a prosperous new year. Who's looking forward to a prosperous next 12 months with an outpouring of every spiritual and financial and physical blessing? 
We've fasted, we've prayed, we've been rebaptized on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Every sin is forgiven. Every curse is broken. And you and I have been sealed uh, in the covenant blessings and promises of God. That'll make you happy. So if that's not enough, God says there's one more thing. There's a crowning event that I want to release into your life, into my life, uh, that embodies everything that we're talking about, but it includes some more. How many of you have enough? How many of you want more? I see everyone's hand. Well, uh, what God is about to do is going to bring us great joy. Amen. Because beginning tomorrow night, on God's calendar, we bring in the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's appropriate to light the candles. It's a, uh, a special uh, Shabbat uh, on that first night. Go ahead and light your candles and uh, pray that as you welcome in Sukkot and the Feast of Tabernacles, you're welcoming in... God's blessing, God's covering, God's promises, and what God is about to do, as the Bible says in Ephesians 3, He's about to do something exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we can imagine. And that'll bring you some overflow and joy, won't it? And so as we get into the lesson today, uh, what God really impressed uh, uh uh, upon me to uh, speak about and to minister on is uh, what God's promise is during the Feast of Tabernacles and how that promise of God will take you and I from any potential breakdown to a miraculous breakthrough. Where if, if you've been challenged with something, if things have been happening, and you're ready to go from what the devil wants to cause as a breakdown into a miraculous breakthrough into the blessing of God, someone say amen. amen. It's that appointed time. And the breakthrough comes in many ways, but... One of the things that uh, is so important for you and I as part of the New Beginnings Church family is to understand one of the most powerful revelations that Pastor Larry uh, has ever ministered on. And it's really a foundational part of our church, and it's kind of like part of our mission statement spiritually as a church. But it's not a revelation just for the pastor, it's a revelation revelation for you. When God plants you in a ministry, He's planning you in a ministry so that whatever unique revelation God gives the man of God, the woman of God in that local house is meant for you to receive it, absorb it, and live in it. And that revelation today, and it's connected and related to uh, Feast of Tabernacles is the revelation of breaking family curses. And as we're preparing to welcome in uh, this seven-day holiday of Feast of Tabernacles, that is a key theme. 
And it's one of the deeper revelations uh, that's connected to tabernacles and the sowing of your third and final first fruit offering for the year. And if you're ready to receive God's power, God's anointing, God's blessing on your life, then you're uh, walking into a life-changing divine appointment with the Lord. Amen. So during the original Feast of Tabernacles back in biblical times, uh, one of the things that God established as part of the week-long celebration was that 98 lambs were to be offered as sacrifice throughout the week. Now the question is, why 98 lambs? What's going on here? Uh, that's why everyone needs a rabbi. <laughs> Amen. Uh, in ancient biblical wisdom, God teaches... Uh, uh, that he wants everyone redeemed from the curse. And in Deuteronomy 28, there's a list. uh, We've heard Deuteronomy 28 preached in the charismatic world since I got saved back in the Uh, mid-80s. But we usually just hear about the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. No one wants to talk about the curses. And there's 98 curses in Deuteronomy 28 that God says will come upon the people if you refuse, rebel, neglect, or ignore the principles of Almighty God. And so during Sukkot, we've been through Yom Kippur. We've heard the sounding of the shofar. We've been building up uh, through the 40 days for God to do miraculous things, but that's not enough, God says. And so with the coming of tabernacles, God says, let me go back and make sure you got it. So we're going to sacrifice 98 lambs and the blood of the lamb is going to break the 98 curses in Deuteronomy 28. And this just shows us the love of God, doesn't it? God's grace, God's mercy never ends. His loving kindness goes on and on and on and on. It'll never run out. Amen. And uh, he doesn't want anything blocking the outpouring of blessing that comes when you sow your first fruits. So he's showing us through these 98 lambs that are being sacrificed. Now, what is the blessing of first fruits? There's many ways to get into that. But uh, one of the main blessings, one of the main promises God gives us when we sow our first fruits is in Proverbs 3. And you can, if you have your Bible, turn over there with me. Uh, This is one thing you should memorize. You should have this down pat. We are one of the few churches that really understand what first fruits is all about. That's because we, have we haven't severed ourselves from our Jewish roots. We've grafted ourselves back in and tapped into revelation and wisdom and promises that God laid out there for whosoever will. How many of you soever will? I want the will of God done in my life. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 
This is King Solomon. What did he know? Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with what? The first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Like that. And your vats will overflow with new wine. I like that too. Your barns being filled with plenty is the physical and financial blessing. Come on. Who wants more physical and financial blessing? Your vats overflowing with new wine is the spiritual blessing of anointing and power, wisdom and inner strength. Who needs that? Honor the Lord with your first fruits. Amen? That's how that promise manifests in our lives. And look, the first fruit promise is going to happen. But there's more to the story. And it's connected to the 98 lambs and the breaking of curses, which is a keystone message of new beginnings. The book Free at Last, the book Ten Curses that Block the Blessing, you ought to know that by heart if you've been here for any time. And, and uh, you probably need a refresher course. And today is a refresher course. Amen. The blessing and promises of God are always yes and amen. It's our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. We could go through a litany of scriptures that validate that God loves you and wants to bless you and He wants you on the right track that leads to still waters, green pastures, abundant harvest, and on and on and on. But there's more to the story. You see, there is a devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And Jesus taught this in one of our most important parables in the Bible. In the parable in Mark 4 about the sower, Jesus spells out some very important principles about living in the blessing and how to defeat the enemy who comes to block the blessing. And so we need to understand both sides. We need to understand the goodness of God, the blessing of God, His prosperity, and all the promises of God. But we also need to know about the wiles of the devil. We need to understand spiritual warfare. See, religion, and a lot of people are attending church today, and all they have is religion. They don't have a revelation of what the Word of God means for me and my family, my, my salvation, my finances, my health, uh, my family, and on and on and on. Because there is a devil who goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Not in my house. Amen. So he's constantly testing the limits of your faith and your level of conviction, trying to find a way back in. I thank God today we are blood-bought people. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Every sin is forgiven. Every curse is broken. And every blessing is released. 
Write that on your spiritual chalkboard 500 times. Go with me to Mark 4. In Mark 4, verse 14, here's this uh, parable. And Jesus actually explains the parable. Read the whole chapter later on. Uh, This is out of the New Living Translation. It says, The farmer plants seed by taking God's Word to others. The sower sows the Word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. My God. Verse 16, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's Word. Are you getting this? This is Jesus teaching us. Come on, somebody. Verse 18, the seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's Word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. Verse 20, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept. God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Say amen at the reading of God's Word. We could spend a whole series on this parable, but two things I want you to see here this morning. One is that God intends for you to experience an ever-increasing amount of harvest. Oh, come on, somebody. And here it promises 30, 60, 100-fold blessing as part of our commitment to the Word of God. And this is an unlimited blessing, an optimal blessing, an ongoing blessing that's connected when you sow your first fruit offering three times a year. What are those three times? Passover, Pentecost, and right now, the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. So that's one thing. Hallelujah for a mighty God, a loving God, a gracious Father who wants to bless us abundantly. But the second thing that's going on here is that three quarters of this parable describes how Satan comes to block the blessing. Those who hear this message but never act on it will have the revelation stolen immediately. Satan comes immediately to test you and see if you're protecting the Word of God or you're just uh, easy prey and he snatches that revelation. And so you have religion, but you don't have revelation. Then there's those who don't uh, uh, develop mature and grow spiritually, uh, they're the ones that fall away at the first sign of a challenge. 
you got to have, folks, we're in a fight. And if you think that it's like the old song, I beg your pardon, (laughs) I what? Well, God did promise a rose garden, but Satan, that dirty devil, is trying to steal everything that God wants to do. So the goal is, God, develop my life, grow my life, mature my life in revelation knowledge, with wisdom, with anointing, with power, so I can walk in victory. That's a full-time job. And then when the winds, the storms, the rains come, you don't get washed away. Right? That's very important. Now, uh, in verse 19, Jesus points out something else. He said that all too quickly the message is crowded out. It's crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. The, the, the King James, the New King James says, the word is choked and thus produces no harvest. And this is why bad things happen to good people. Ever wonder why do bad things happen? Because the word is being choked. The promise is not being made manifest. And even if the devil somehow does find a way to come in and the challenge is real, we're not denying it. We're just denying by the power of our faith, by the power of the Word, by the power of the name of Jesus, that we're denying that uh, uh, it's right to exist in our lives. And that's the good fight of faith. Put up your dukes. Studying the Word isn't just a Sunday one-hour exercise. It's a lifestyle. Right? If our Word level is low, our faith level is low. If our Word level is high, our faith level is high. See, that's the difference between religion and ritual. And Jesus is showing us that if we want an abundant harvest, if we want the abundant life, yes we do, Lord, then we need to understand how important it is that we need to learn ourselves. How do I kill the weeds that come to choke out my harvest? Amen? This is why God had Israel offer 98 lambs. He's making a point here, right? I mean, you can imagine the exercise if you were hanging out in the temple for seven days and every day there was a ton of lambs being led to the slaughter, the blood was shed, and the prayers were spoken and the blessing was... It's a visual image and symbolic to you and I today. Does this happen? Yes, it happens today. It just now, it doesn't happen at an altar uh, in a temple somewhere in Jerusalem. It happens by faith in our spirit and soul. We're doing battle and we're thanking God. It's a shadow of the breakthrough power God wants us to uh, experience during Sukkot. We need to break every curse so we can receive every blessing. All right. Now, another key first fruit scripture that shows us 
what God is wanting to do during this time is not only bless us, but he wants to kill the weeds. Kill the weeds. Go with me to Malachi 3, verse 10. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Prove me. Try me now. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. There's the blessing. Windows of heaven. Pouring out blessing. That there's not enough room to contain it. But notice verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Kill the weeds. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. You see how those scriptures and teachings relate. The uh, complete Jewish Bible says, See if I won't open for you the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you a blessing far beyond your needs. Oh, come on. How many of you want that manifesting? Well, then we, we need to understand verse 11. Because the devil always comes to resist what God is doing to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is one of the promises that is oftentimes overlooked. In many of the translations, some of the words in verse 10 are italicized. And your Bible may have some italicized words there. Uh, It means that the translators added those italicized words so that we could understand things better, but they missed it in helping our understanding. In reality, the verse should read, verse 10, I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, but that's not enough. Oh my gosh, come on. Say amen. What's not enough? It's not enough for God just to bring you the blessing if the devourer can come and consume it. Come on. It's not enough for the floodgates to be open and bring you a blessing far beyond your needs if the devourer is just sitting there ready to take it away. God's saying, I'm going to do something about this if you'll partner with me. I'm going to do something that will protect your blessing and safeguard your blessing from the enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. I, the Lord of hosts, will rebuke the devourer. Well, how come the devourer didn't rebuke? Maybe you didn't listen to what he said a couple verses earlier. Return to me and I'll return to you. Maybe the word is being choked. Maybe you never killed the weeds. God's saying, I'll rebuke the devourer. 
who comes to uh, sow tares, the sow weeds in your harvest that would choke out your harvest. He's saying, I want to break every curse. Well, doesn't that happen automatically? Does healing happen automatically? Does salvation happen automatically? Does it just happen because you're smiling and sitting in church? No, it happens because you're releasing your faith. All right? Fight the good fight of faith. Put up your dukes and fight, fight, fight. Take the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God and start using it. Amen. God wants to break every curse so your blessing is safe and secure. Well, when's God going to do something? When are you going to open your mouth and start confessing the Word of God? And then if something happens, don't give up, don't quit, don't throw it. Well, I guess it's not meant for me. I guess it doesn't work. I tried that, and by 5 o'clock I was out of gas. It's not the Christian life. And more churches need to preach spiritual warfare, overcoming, being more than a conqueror, and all these things. Hallelujah. Did you know that uh, the prophet Joel weighed in on first fruits? And in Joel chapter 2, he, the entire chapter is related to the blessing that comes when you sow your first fruits. And just for the sake of time, uh, let's go to Joel 2.23. And in Joel 2.23 it says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For He has given you the former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. This is the first month that He's talking about. Even though it's the seventh month. And there's a whole way to explain all of that. You just have to trust me. The Tree of Life version says, He gives you the early rain for prosperity. Yes, He will bring down rain for you, the early and latter rain as before. Your first fruit offering is what activates the rain. You don't need a rainmaker. Your first fruit offering is a rainmaker. Rain is a symbol of prosperity. In Israel, you ever been to Israel? <laughs> it's not lush and green without the rain. It's a desert. <laughs> Lots of dust and rocks without the rain. Rain is a symbol of abundance and increase. Rain is what causes your seed to grow. It's what brings your harvest. And the prophet here is saying, I'm going to bring you on Sukkot an early rain and a latter rain, a double rain. The early and the latter rain is combined together so you can receive a double blessing. Someone see that today with the eye of faith. In verse 24... Joel 2.24, here's the promise. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. 
And the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. Isn't God good? This is the the physical, financial on the one hand and the spiritual on the other hand. It's a double blessing. Joel is reaffirming what King Solomon gave us in Proverbs 3. And yet, watch this, once again, God said, that's not enough. Watch how this works. It's not enough. Three quarters of Jesus' parable is about the enemy coming to choke out the blessing. And God is saying in Joel 2, as He said in Malachi 3, I am going to show you how to stop the devil, how to rebuke the devourer, how to kill the weeds and break the curse. Here's what he says, verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. My great army which I send among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Come on, Lord. Hallelujah. A locust is a special kind of grasshopper. And it devours anything in its path. And when the conditions are right, they come in a gigantic swarm. And usually after a lot of rainfall, thousands, even millions of locusts will descend on farms and fields and they'll come in like a black cloud. Maybe you've seen a movie that represents that. Maybe you've seen it in real life. And they'll devour everything in its path. Every green thing will be consumed. What color is money? Right? This is what Satan has planned. Your job as a believer is believe. (laughs) Your job as a believer is to fight the good fight of faith. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Got to get to more resisting of the devil. Got to take our prayer level beyond now I lay me. Thank God we serve a mighty God. And when we sow our Sukkot offering in faith, and we pray the prayer of faith, pray the prayer of faith, pray the prayer of faith, pray the prayer of faith. And when we do that, all of a sudden, the guardian of Israel, the guardian of God's people, will come and safeguard and protect our blessing. Because you're interacting. When's God going to do something? When are you going to do something? And look, you know, in today's world, there's people that are being taught right now in churches not far from here that if you try to do some things to partner with God, you're striving and negating what God wants to do. You're striving. 
Liar, liar, pants on fire. God is looking for us to apply His principles. The gospel is like soap. It only works when it's applied. Say this with me. Thank you, Lord. No weapon. No swarm. Formed against me will prosper. In Jesus' name. I want you to notice that this promise is not only for the future. It just doesn't cover what's about to happen. It covers what already did happen. This should be good news for some of you. Because you've been ripped off. Things have been stolen from you, your family. I will restore to you whatever has been eaten away over the years. That word restore means to reinstate. It means to return to you what somebody took. The Amplified Bible says, The Lord will compensate you for what has been lost or stolen. Does anybody believe the Word of God today? Come on. This is why our lives are about to overflow with great joy. This is why the Feast of Tabernacles is known by just as the festival. It's known as the festival of joy. Because God is saying what I'm about to do for those of you that have eyes to see and ears to hear is exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what you're going to get from religion. Religion doesn't tell you any of this. The government ain't going to tell you any of this. The news ain't going to tell you any of this, but the gospel is the good news, and it's the final say. God said it, I, I, I receive it, whether you believe it or not. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as we close to, today, let me show you One last promise where God kills the weeds, He rebukes the devourer, He stops the swarm because of the promise that He gives during first fruits. It's a prophecy from Zechariah. And Zechariah is actually prophesying about events that haven't taken place yet. There's a time coming in the future when the Messiah is going to come back to earth with an army. And those of us that believe in Messiah, and we've been raptured, and we've been up in heaven with Him while the earth is going through a seven-year tribulation, all of a sudden, we're going to, at a moment's notice, return to earth, and there's going to be a battle known as Armageddon. And it takes all of about a millisecond for the enemies of God to be defeated. And that'll be another testimony of just how great the power of God is. The power of God and the power of Satan aren't neck and neck. 
But deception and getting focused on the wrong things to allow that deception to snowball in your life, all of a sudden you're believing something that ain't real. This, what we're talking about today, is more real than your circumstances. Come on. And that's why God will take us from a potential breakdown into a potential breakthrough For those that have eyes to see and ears to hear and some guts, some confidence, some faith to step out and get out of the boat and let's do this thing. So Armageddon's coming. Zechariah says that once Armageddon comes, the government will be upon the Messiah's shoulders. And you and I will rule and reign with him for a thousand years during what's known as the Sabbath millennium. And in Zechariah 14, we get a little preview, history in advance. Zechariah 14, 16 says, It shall come to pass that everyone who is left, (laughs) that means all these rebels, all of these antichrist people that are fighting us, and this could happen and may very well happen in our lifetime. And we'll be part of the great cloud of witnesses, and we probably, God won't let us say, I told you so! (laughs) But I told you so! (laughs) Everyone who is left, which came against Jerusalem, there's a statement for standing with Israel right there. That's what we do, and there's a whole other teaching and blessing that goes along with that. That uh, they came again. Anyone that's left shall go up from year to year to worship the king. Go up to Jerusalem to worship the who's the king? Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord of hosts. And look what it says, verse 16 to keep the feast of tabernacles. So if we're going to keep the feast of tabernacles in the future. Wouldn't it just make sense that God would want us to start keeping it now? Shame on those that say this doesn't apply. Repent. (laughs) Return to a Judeo-Christian gospel. Because one day we're going to keep the Feast of Tabernacles with the Messiah. And verse 17, It shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come, to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. No rain is a curse. No rain is no blessing. So keeping the Feast of Tabernacles is no small thing, whether it's in the future or whether it's right now down on the ground while we're still around. And those who neglect or resist His plans receive no rain. It's a curse. But it's a curse that can be reversed. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's where we started with this 98 lambs, symbolic of the 98 curses being broken so that the Sukkot blessing can be that floodgate of blessing on our lives. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Amen. This is no small thing, folks. 
And that curse can be reversed by worshiping God coming before the Lord with our first fruit offering. Amen? This is an appointed season. God wants to send the early and the latter rain a double blessing. It turns your harvest into a superabundant miracle bumper crop harvest. Praise God. In the last few moments, uh, let me just share this and then we'll pray. In Hebrew, first fruits is called a bikarim offering. And bikarim means promise of things to come. Promise of things to come. And during Sukkot in biblical times, uh, the, the Jewish people would always recite Psalm 118.24. And in Psalm 118.24, it's, This is the day the Lord has made. What day is that? This day of Sukkot, of welcoming in the early and the latter rain, of welcoming in the Sukkot blessing, of welcoming in the power of God to kill the weeds and break the curse, rebuke the devourer, and, and fend off the storm, uh, the swarm of locusts. This is the day. Tomorrow night, this is the day. We will rejoice and be glad at it. Why? Because not only is there a double blessing, is because the devil is defeated. And then in verse 25, they would say, Save now! I pray, O Lord, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. I've been doing all those things from 40 days. The, the sound of the shofar and Elul and Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, uh, Teshuvah, breaking the curse, releasing the blessing. Now send prosperity, Lord. Let there be an outpouring of financial blessing, healing blessing blessing and spiritual blessing of anointing and power and victory amen it sounds good where do i sign up for this ushers will be in the back <laughs> a promise of things to come just up ahead just in a few days and from that point forward there's going to be an ever-increasing flow of blessing for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear and the guts to act on it. Can you say guts in church? So don't get weary in well-doing. In due season, this is a due season. Don't cast away your confidence. Well, the devil came and challenged me. Well, I'm going to challenge him in the name and by the blood. Stay strong in faith. Press into what God is showing us. And then, look, if you're, uh, if you're not going to be here next week, I definitely recommend you be here next week. Because Pastor Larry will be back and we're going to receive our first fruit offering. But you can sow it today if you're going to be traveling, whatever. Uh, and But as you sow that, sow that first fruit with some revelation. That every curse is broken. 
The devourer is rebuked. The weeds are killed. The curse is broken. The swarm of locusts is no longer going to come in. No weapon, no swarm is going to prosper against me. And whether it's this week, next week, and there even is a 30-day grace period, God's blessing is going to flow. See that by the eye of faith. See that in your mind's eye because it's something you want to have and God will have that sustain you uh, until Passover when uh, we lather, rinse, and repeat. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you so much for your word, for your promises. We know that every promise is blood-bought and every promise is yes and amen. And Father, today we release our praise and thanksgiving to thank you for being such a good God that would pour out the floodgates over our lives of every spiritual and financial and physical blessing. Father, we thank you and bless you today that every curse is broken, every curse is reversed, restoration is happening, the devourer is being rebuked in the name and by the blood of Jesus, the weeds are being killed, the swarm is being fended off and countered by our faith, by your promise, by us working together to see nothing but the good, acceptable, and perfect will being done in our lives. Father, we love you and praise you for it and give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a big praise.